Welcome to Equipping the Body. I'm your host, Dr. Brad Starnes, and today we're continuing through the book of James, and we're still in chapter 4, and we're going to pick up in verse 11 since we finished verse 10 last time we were together. And in verses 11 and 12, James goes back to the tongue, in a sense. He goes back to the idea of speaking, and he has said a lot about the tongue and a lot about speaking, and he's not finished. Uh, As you go on, even in chapter 5, he goes back to uh, speech and the things we say. Um, But in verses 11 through 12, he, he talks about the interrelationship between believers um, and how we deal with each other, specifically with our speech. And so I've entitled this little study of these two verses, The Internal Sins of the Church, Internal. See, we, we spend a lot of time in churches, and, and I, rightly so, uh, talking about the external sins around the church. You know, look at the culture, look look at abortion, look at it. Uh, transanity and all these other things um the murder rate the divorce rate you know and all that's sinful don't don't misunderstand me however we need to be equally concerned and perhaps more concerned with the sins inside the church because peter said in first peter 4:17 for the time has come for judgment to begin at the house of god And so while we rail on the moral decay of our culture, and I don't think that's inappropriate, I think that's appropriate. Uh, We remember what God told Jonah to go to the gate of the city and cry against them. We also need to sweep out the church house, as it were. Now, the two predominant sins inside the church are both are both sins of the speech, of the mouth. And I think James is aware of that. Matter of fact, I know he is because he talks so much about speech. And every time he talks about it, he's talking to believers. He says, brethren this, brethren that, brother this, brother that. I think James has spent some time pastoring a Baptist church because he he knows that the, the two sins inside the church that are so uh, predominant are the sins of speech. And so the internal sins of the church, okay? Now, why is that important? Because sin inside the camp pollutes the camp, okay? As God's people, we must deal with sin inside our church before we can hope to be effective against sin uh, outside our church and to see revival and all those things we claim we desire to see but we cannot do that if the body is sick internally. Now, the text reveals two internal sins of the church. First, we have the sin of slander. And second, we have the sin of judgmentalism. Now, we do make judgments. Uh, we're, people like to quote Jesus when he said, Judge not, but they, they don't like to read the rest of the chapter. You're absolutely supposed to judge. Uh, you're just supposed to judge a righteous judgment, which means you judge according to the facts and according to what the Bible says and not according to hearsay or your own opinion. Okay, and so there is a right way to judge and a wrong way to judge, but the idea of being judgmental, 
is a little different than that and a little deeper than that, and I'll get into that. So, all that's been introduction. Let's read the two verses. James chapter number 4, verse 11 and 12. Do not speak evil of one another, brethren. He who speaks evil of a brother and judges his brother speaks evil of the law and judges the law. But if you judge the law, you're not a doer of the law, but a judge. There is one lawgiver who is able to save and to destroy. Who are you to judge another? Who are you to judge another? First of all, we have a command in the text, okay? James says, do not. Okay, that's that's a command type language. This is this is um, when you when you're outlining a text uh, homiletically, you want to make notes of commands. Commands tend to be good central points. So, in the first sentence of verse eleven, you have a command: Do not speak evil of one another, brethren. Not talking to lost people. He's not talking about slandering lost people. Though we shouldn't slander anybody, but what he is specifically talking about in context is Christian on Christian slander. Do not speak evil of one another, brethren. So let's start here. What does it mean to speak evil of brothers and sisters in Christ? The idea here is not well to say something negative. You know, we, we hear that all the time. You say something negative about somebody that's true, that's factual, that's biblical, uh, even with the right intentions. Well, don't judge them. Well, that's not judging. That's telling the truth. James is not, that's not what the word means. Kataleho in the Greek uh, means to try to incriminate or to speak against. In other words, to slander somebody. Okay. So he's speaking of the family of God. He's talking to brothers. So there are two things at play in slander. First of all, slander can mean that we just straight up lie, okay? Just lying, period. You, you say, okay, I'm making these names up. Jim says that Bob did something that Bob literally did not do. It's just an outright L-I-E lie. That is a form of slander. You are lying on somebody. And so have you ever been lied on? I mean, out, outright someone says that you said or did something that you did not actually say or do. What could be worse than that? I mean, consider the source of all lies is Satan himself. You say, well, I don't know about that. Well, you don't know the Bible. John eight forty four. Jesus said to the Pharisees, You are of your father the devil, and the desires of your father you want to do. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources, for he is a liar and the father of it. So lying comes from a satanic source. In short, when you lie on someone, you are acting in a way that is satanic and devilish, certainly the opposite of Christ. For did not Jesus say of himself, I am the way, the truth, and the life? Did not God warn Israel in the Ten Commandments upon which any just society must be built that we are not to bear false witness against our neighbors? How terrible is it then for a Christian to lie upon another Christian? Those of us who know the truth, Jesus, should be only tellers of the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so help us, God. 
Lies bring division and strife, and there's no place for that in a Christian family of believers. I, I call this principle devilish defamation. When you lie on somebody, especially, and I've seen this, you tell a lie on one believer to another believer to try to get that other believer to have a negative image of the person you're lying on. See, that, that brings strife and division. Um, been there, done that. I remember several years ago an individual lied on me and said that I told them I would not baptize their child. Um, child was six, seven years old, I don't know. Um, first of all, I never said that. Now you say, Pastor, you might, no, 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 sir, no, ma'am. That literally never came out of my mouth at all. I asked them the same thing I ask anybody who wants to be baptized. If they're under the age of 18, they have to come with their parents, um, etc. Come talk to me. Let's see to make sure that you understand the decision you're about to make and that you understand what salvation is because I'm a Baptist and I believe in believer's baptism, that you have to repent and then be baptized. I said, then I'll be happy to baptize. Never heard from them again. They left the church and then slandered me and said, well, we left because he said he wouldn't baptize our child. And that actually never came out of my mouth. Not even anything close remotely to that came out of my mouth. What would you do? Well, I called them. <laughs> I, I'm from the old school. You go If you want to cut the water off, you go to the spout, not the stream. I, I called them on the phone. Uh, would have talked to them in person, but they quit coming. Called them on the phone. I said, I, I'd like to know why you told people I said that. Well, uh, uh, but, uh, but, uh, but, uh, you know, kind of like when you catch a kid in the line, they start stuttering. And he didn't have an answer for that. And to, and to this day, he has not had an answer for that. No, that's fine. But that is slander. Okay? That is lying on somebody to try to get other people to have a negative view of that person. And that's satanic. That's evil. That brings division. You ought to tell the truth. I don't care if you can't stand somebody. You have no business lying on that person. We move on. Lying is not the only form of slander. There is another form of slander. It's close to lying, but we call it gossip. Gossip. Oh, how we love to tell what we've heard, whether we know it to be true or not. I remind you of this. Before you retell an event or a word you heard, consider several things. Okay, first of all, is it true? Were you actually an eyewitness to this event? Second, why are you telling this word of this event? Is are you trying to are you trying to hurt the person or are you trying to fix it? Okay. Number three, but will you spreading this make it better or worse? Those are three things you need to ask yourself before you run your mouth. Why am I doing this? What will be the result of my doing this? And was I actually there and know this to be a factual thing? 
And even if you can answer positively to all those questions, that still doesn't mean you should spread it. Because the book of Leviticus says not to be a talebearer of the land. Now, when you have a problem with someone, instead of telling everybody on, uh, in the peanut gallery, Jesus said to do this, Matthew chapter 18, Moreover, if your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. If he hears you, you've gained your brother. So what is the motivation? If your motivation is to hurt that person, then you're going to go around and run your mouth. If your motivation is godly and to reconcile with that person, then you ought to have enough courage to do what Jesus said and go to that person eyeball to eyeball, mano e mano, one-on-one. Not, let me go tell everybody else in the church. That, that's gossip. And I, and I love when people tell me, this. it's not gossip if it's true. Um, sir, the definition of the Greek word here, ketalaho, is to accriminate, to speak against, to hurt. If you are telling everybody but the person that was involved, even if it is true, you're gossiping. And it's a sin. You say, well, Pastor, I, I just don't see why it's such a big deal. Well, let me give you some other scripture to back it up. Leviticus 19.16, Moses wrote this by the command of God. You shall not go about as a talebearer among your people. We don't need any more news reporters in the Lord's house. Even if it is true, which most of the time it's not, if the motivation is impure, then it's best to close your mouth. As James already said earlier in the book, we should be slow to speak. Think of the disunity it brings when you slander a brother or sister. You create an image in the person's mind who is being slander, uh, who you are slandering, the person you're speaking to about them, and you created enemies out of brothers. You say, well, you know, if it's true, Pastor, okay. Let me read you something else. You ready? Proverbs 6, 16 through 19. These six things the Lord hates. Now, let me, let's stop right here. You don't want to be guilty of something God literally hates, do you? Well, I hope not. Yes, seven are an abomination to him. Number one, Proverbs 6, 16 through 19, if you need to check it. A proud look, a lying tongue, let me say that one again, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked plans, feet that are swift in running to evil, a false witness who speaks lies. Pastor, why is lying on there twice? Well, I think you know the answer to that question, you just might not like it. And one who sows discord among the brethren. Hmm. Discord among the brethren. Slander among the brethren that causes brethren to separate from each other. I want to be candid and frank. Do not do what the Lord hates. Now, the second sin of the church internally is judgmentalism judgmentalism. So, 
All of that I just covered was in the first sentence, do not speak evil, ketelaho, of one another brethren. Now we go on to sentence number 2, verse number 11. He speaks evil of a brother and judges his brother, speaks evil of the law and the judges the law. How is it judging the law? Well, because when you judge somebody wrongly, you are by default suggesting that the law is not able to do its job, the law of God, and that God is not able to do his job. And so while you may not say this, you are attempting to do his job for him, which is a form of pride. Now, it says there's one lawgiver. You should know who's the one lawgiver. Well, who gave Moses the law? God. Okay, so we got that part. There's one lawgiver who was able to save and destroy. Well, who's able to save people? God. Okay, well, I thought Jesus. Jesus is God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, the Holy Trinity. Okay, who's able to destroy? Well, what did Jesus tell him? Fear that one that's able to destroy both your mind and body in hell. Well, who's able to do that? God. Who decides when you die? God. Who decides when you're born? God. Who offers salvation? God. Who's going to condemn those who don't believe? According to the book of Revelation, God. Okay, so he's talking about God. Who are you to judge another? So the sin of judgmentalism is that, that you uh, usurp a role that doesn't belong to you. Let's move on a little forward because I don't want to get the idea. When you're, when you're teaching through the Bible expositorily, which is the only way to do it, um, we speak of things in the negative and the positive, Okay. We need to understand what the text is not saying, all right? That's hermeneutics 101, in order to properly understand what the text is saying. What the text is not saying is that you should never, ever judge. Well, of course it's not saying that because James judged the people he wrote to. <laughs> he called them adulterers. So does James contradict himself? No. He's clearly speaking of wrong judgment. John 7, 24, Jesus told the people, judge a righteous judgment. I, I thought Jesus said we're not supposed to judge. Well, that's what you get for not reading the whole verse in context. Jesus did not condemn all judging. You make judgments every day. If we're not supposed to judge, then let's let all the murderers out of prison because like you say, we don't judge. Uh, you better judge. If somebody kills your brother, your sister, your dad, I bet you're going to judge them. I bet you're going to want the judge to judge them <laughs> and put them in jail. There's a time and a place to judge. There's a way to judge. But that's not what James is speaking out. He's speaking about judgmentalism, those that judge their brothers and sisters wrong. Now, how, how can you judge somebody wrongly? Well, let's, let's use some logic here. Same way the Pharisees did. You judge them based on your opinions and not what the Bible actually says. Well, they don't uh, do this, whatever this is. They're not good Christians. Well, do you have any Bible to back that up? No. Well, then that's your opinion. It's okay to have opinions. It's not okay to force your opinions on other people. Let me give you an example. I know people, not judging them, I, I, I really don't care. 
they believe that you have to wear very expensive dress clothes to church or you're not doing it right. Whatever, I don't, nothing in the Bible that says that, but that's what they believe. And they may judge somebody like me that's wearing a pair of blue jeans right now. That is wrongful judging because you're judging based on an opinion and not a Bible fact. Okay, So that's one way to judge wrongly. Another way is to judge someone's actions without having all the facts or knowing what led to those actions. Then, then you're guilty of being judgmental. And again, like slander, this brings disunity. No wonder James said the tongue is small and powerful but full of deadly poison. So another way to judge wrongly is when you condemn others for doing something you do. Now, where'd you get that from, Pastor? Jesus Christ. Jesus said, get the, and I'm paraphrasing, get the pole out of your eye. Then you can help your brother get the toothpick out of his. Now, He's not saying that you don't judge your brother and get the toothpick out. What he's saying is you got to get the pole out of your eye first so you can see clearly. In other words, hold your brothers and sisters in Christ accountable, but hold yourself accountable first. Okay. A lot of this is motivation. Okay, not just necessarily the outward action, but the inward motivation. Now, I understand that these sins are found within the church and they can destroy the church. But notice what they both have in common. They are sins of the mouth. So with that being said, let's be mindful of our mouth. Let us not slander and let us not be judgment. Let us judge properly without being judgmental. And I hope you'll keep listening and keep digging in the book of James. Until next time.